believe the Lord would have us hear and understand what the 24 elders and who they are. And I don't know if just by what we just did, you might be figuring that out. You heard me say something to the musicians. Prophesy on your instruments. I didn't just come up with that, by the way. This is something that David, when he set up the 24 courses of the Levitical priests and the 24 courses that served at the temple, they also established musicians and people that would come and worship the Lord. And he told them to prophesy on their instruments to prophesy before the Lord on their instruments. What a beautiful thing. Amen? To prophesy before the Lord on your instrument. That means I can prophesy before the Lord by working. We can do our work unto the Lord. Everything There's things we can do, and we do that before the Lord. We're, we're singing, and we're prophesying, and we're declaring things before the Lord by our actions, by the gifts that he's given us. Amen? Isn't that what he's saying? So the 24 elders, I want to take you back in, in history a little bit and back in the, in the word. <clears throat> and I want to teach you what I see, and I hope that you see very clearly when we're done with this, it's scripture, who the 24 elders are and who the 24 elders cannot be according to scripture. Okay? Now the only place in scripture that we find a group of 24 before the book of Revelation that's, that tells us there's 24 elders is in 1 Chronicles chapter 23 and 24. And I'll give you a little history on that. We're not going to read all of it just for the sake of time. <clears throat> but as David was coming to the end of his life, and he had wanted to build a temple for the Lord, and the Lord told him, you're, you're not going to build the temple because basically you've got too much blood on your hands. Now, that doesn't mean that David didn't do everything that God called him to do. But he said, I want your son to build the temple. But David, you can prepare it. You can get it. So David got all the wood, he got all the lumber, he got all the craftsmen, he got all the people. And David established the 24 courses who would serve in the temple. And I would encourage you to go back and read 1 Chronicles 23, 24, 25 and see what David, David did there. <clears throat> and that was established. Another kind of fun little cool thing that we'll see probably next week come into play. But he organized by the leaders of the, of the sons of Levi <clears throat> and Aaron that were to be the, the priests, he organized them in groups, four groups of leaders of three underneath. Now, that's not going to mean a whole heck of a lot to you right now, but it will next week. Just be ready. So what I want you to see in this is that the 24, and as you're going to see in all the different numbers, well, no, I'm not going to do it because we'll get stuck there. <laughs> he divides them up. There's, there's more than 24 people that are serving. It's courses of 24. And it was designed that in each of these courses, they would minister before the Lord twice a year. So if you look back, and if you were to go back and, and read in, in Luke, I believe chapter 1, you hear of Zacharias... And Elizabeth and Zechariah was a priest unto the Lord. And it was on his turn of his course to be able to go into the temple and burn incense before the Lord, which was no joke. Very, very serious. 
And it was such a serious thing and such an honor that his family and people around him, they gathered around because it was his turn and his course to go minister before the Lord. So this is something that David establishes. My point, um, you see that when he was doing that, he encountered the Lord and the Lord, because he did not have faith, struck him dumb that he wasn't going to speak anymore. So I don't like the things that you're saying, so you're not talking no more. Aren't you glad you don't do that with us today? Man, I'd be writing. You guys see this? Here's my notes. I can't talk. So thank the Lord that, that he did re return his, his uh, voice and his ability to talk. Um, but So there's 24 courses. We see that in Scripture. The main thing I want you to see from the 24 is the 24 represents a whole group. There's 24 courses. There's well over 24,000 people that served in the temple. It's into the 30s of thousands. So the 24 is a number that is a significant number. The only other place we see it in Scripture is in Chronicles, and it represents a much larger number than 24. You follow me? That's important to know, right? If we see a 24, we go back, okay, well, where's the first one? Well, where's the only one? There. So I want you to see, and then we're going to look at the word elders. 24 elders. 24 is significant. It represents much larger than just 24. It was the courses of who? Priests. And those who ministered in the temple. I find that's important. We're going to look at that. I want you to see something, and, and we're not going to, to land here a whole heck of a lot, but I do just want to recognize that how many of you know there was non-Levitical priestly orders? You. If you go back and look at Exodus 3.1, you're going to see Moses, his father-in-law, Jethro, comes to visit him. And most of us remember this, that he instructed Moses, you need to develop some other people to help, like, deal with all these people. Like, you're going crazy. Like, you need to establish some people to deal with the cases. And, and so Jethro does that. But what we read past is that Jethro was a priest of Midian. Huh? A priest of Midian before God established Levitical priests. Hmm. That's interesting, is it? I find it very interesting. He was a priest. I find in Genesis 28, 22, Jacob has an encounter with the Lord. Remember when he has, he's laying on the stones and he's, he has the, he's at Bethel and he has the dream or vision and angels are ministering up and down on this ladder. And he's like, this place is ridiculously amazing. I'm calling it Bethel. Well, after that encounter with the Lord, he says that I will, from this point, I'm paying tithes. Well, who's he tithing to? It wasn't Melchizedek. That's coming, though. Melchizedek was 10 chapters, 12 chapters before that. I just want you to see that there is a priestly order before the Levites. Now we're going to go to Melchizedek. You're tracking, Howard. Melchizedek in Genesis chapter 14. This was super awesome. You see Melchizedek show up on the scene, and he is not only a priest that Abraham pays tithes to, before God ever implemented in the law that you're to pay tithes, by the way. He pays tithes to him as a priest. Now, the cool thing with Melchizedek, he's also a king. Now, this in the Levit Levitical run 
does not and cannot happen. Levites, the priests come out of the line of Levi, designated, set apart. But here's this Melchizedek character who's a king and he's a priest. Now, those of you who know your Bible and have, have spent much time in Hebrews, you're going to see in Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, there is a lot of attention given to this Melchizedek priesthood, which is a messianic priesthood, which is who Jesus came. He said, the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus didn't come through the Levitical priesthood. Jesus came through the Melchizedek priesthood. Cool things there. Why? Because Jesus was the king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and a priest who made intercession for us once and for all, put his blood on his sacrifice. Amen? So, why are you talking about that, Pastor Steve? Well, I want you to see something, and something at this point should be standing out to you. Kings and priests of Melchizedek Messianic order. You know there's something special about this Melchizedek priestly order. There's only three people in Scripture that you can see are kings and priests. Melchizedek. Jesus. And turn to your neighbor and say you. That's a special group. Now, if you remember our introduction when we were reading the book of Revelation in chapter 1, which we will look at, Jesus himself calls us kings and priests. You're a pretty special group. That means you have authority. Who do you give keys to the kingdom? Look to your neighbor once again, or we could say the word us. Us is a beautiful word. I'm going to show you that later in scripture. Us. Priests, why? He wants us in his presence. That's why he set aside early on Israel to be priests unto him. They could come into his presence. It was temporary, and it was through a veil, and it was once a year, but he wanted to be able to get those priests as close as they could into him. And all the parts of the tabernacle represented, by the way, Jesus. He calls us, you and me, kings and priests unto his God. Now let's look at the word elder. Now we could spend a lot of time there, and we'll get back to some of that, by the way. Elders, what does that mean? In the Greek, it's presbyteros. Here's what elders mean. As some of you might say, well, it means that you're older. Very good. Also, it can mean senior. It can mean mature, experienced. We see the word used in the Sanhedrinist, which was figuratively a member of a celestial council. The, we are a member of a celestial council. The Sanhedrinist, though, was a, was a council. They were a council of elders. So there was more than one. There was a group of them. Now let's look at the 24 elders. How many of you have actually, I, I've been telling you, you need to do some homework, start doing some studying on the 24 elders. How many have been doing it? A handful. Now there's a lot of information out there. I'm not going to give you a lot of opinions, thoughts, other people's information. I'm going to give you scripture. Okay? It doesn't mean some of these opinions, and I'll tell you some of them, it could be. But I'm going to show you ones that can't be through Scripture and things that can be through Scripture. Fair enough? Then you can do with that what you will. I'm not going to fight you over it, okay? All right. Well, maybe. No, just kidding. <laughs> the 24 elders, some people thought, and, and this is where you can get in the book of Revelation very 
mixed up when you put yourself or people or people in different places that they don't fit. And I'm so, I'm so, the word of God's so awesome, you guys. It is so ridiculously specific and precise and right that it, it so helps us decide who's what and where. Amen? So the 24 elders, the first group of people that they cannot be is tribulation believers. If you have your Bible, and I encourage you during the study, have your Bible. Let's turn to chapter 7, and we're going to bounce around a little bit. Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. So here's one group of people that the tribulation saints can't be, or elders can't be. Verse 13, chapter 7 says, And one of the elders answered, saying to me, this is John speaking, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know, who's he speaking to? The elder. These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. And they have washed their robes and made them white. Now I'm going to turn back just for a second. And Beth, don't worry about this. It's not, you don't have it. it it's okay. You don't need to even pull it up. I'm just going to read it. We get the information on who the people in the white robes are earlier in chapter 6. In verse 10 and 11, it says, And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will thou refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And it says, and there was given to each of them a white robe. In the Greek, that word is stole. It's very specific. And they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. So the tribulation martyrs are marked specifically by clothing. Some translations will just say white clothes and they mix up Raiment, or hymation in the Greek, which is white priestly clothes, and the word stole, which is white robes. So, fun little thing, when we turn back to chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, I want you to see something. One of the elders answered, saying to me, John. So you have the elders that are speaking to John, describing who the white, white robe people are. You follow me? Therefore, the elders can't be the white robe people. The elders are describing who they are. Amen? It says, the elders answered, saying to me, these who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white. Interesting little note there, and we'll get there as we go through. They're washing their robes. They're putting in the work. How many of you know you've been washed by what? The blood of Christ. You've been washed. Okay? Point one on who the 24 elders can't be. I think we can see pretty clearly just through a couple. The elders can't be the tribulation saints. You follow me? Anyone? Question on that? Okay. Next group of folks that the elders cannot be. Angels. This is a popular one. Well, the elders are angels. Well, let's look at, well, one thing, before we get there, elders can't be angels. Angels have no age. That's kind of a simple fact. There is no age in angels. There's no age 
They've not been set a time. They're outside of our time. There's not old angels and young angels. They're just angels. There's no, there's no age in angels. There's an age in people. Amen? Don't take my word for it. Let's look at Revelation 5.11 again, where we just were. Cool information here. Worthy art thou. Oh, my sorry, that's four. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. So you have, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. So I see three groups. Fair enough. Let's now look at chapter 7, verse 11 again. Or 11, before what, before what we read just a second ago. Listen to what this says. And all the angels were standing around the throne. How many of the angels? All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worship God. These are three separate groups of people. You follow me? The elders can't be the angels because the elders are there while the angels are there and the four living creatures. The four living creatures aren't the angels. The, the, the elders aren't the, the four living creatures. They're each specifically in their own class, in their own group. Therefore, Two reasons. That, which is a pretty good one, angels have no age. There's no time with angels. They haven't been given that like we have. Measure. It's timeless. Okay. Next group of people that the elders cannot be, and this is another popular one. Israel, the nation Israel. Let's look at scripture. Revelation chapter 7 and chapter 12. If you look in chapter 7, you're going to see this group of people. 144,000 Jews. You're going to see there's an interlude in the chapter. Then there's 144,000 Jews. They are on the earth. The elders are in heaven. They're around the throne. You don't see the elders on earth. You could also look at, at chapter 12. We can do that. And see the players. Pretty cool. Chapters 12 and 13. You see the players laid out. And it says in chapter 12, verse 16, it says, And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river, which the dragon poured out of his mouth. The dragon, the dragon, Satan, the woman is Israel. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring, who's Israel, who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimonies of Jesus. I encourage you to go read that. But it's not the nation Israel. It's not Old Testament saints, which is another thought process that 
a lot of people think. Uh, uh, the, probably the most common thought on who the elders are, I'm just going to show you the most popular, most common thought is that, and it does make sense, and, and could be. I, don't, I think scripturally we're going to see that it's probably not. Um, but a lot of folks and a lot of commentators, a lot of good commentators, a lot of good these, uh, people who are very sharp believe that the 24 elders are the representatives of the 12 tribes and the representatives of the apostles. 12 and 12 equals 24. But it doesn't say there's two groups of 12. The only 24 group of people were priests that David established. Now I'm going to show you why I don't believe, and I've, I, fair enough, I have believed that it before. I was told that, it made sense. It could be. I don't think it is because of this passage of scripture. Revelation 5.9. The elders, it says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain and didst purchase for God with thy blood men from, what's it say? Every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The elders are from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. So that's where, for one, you can know, okay, that's not nation Israel. Two, if you took the, the thought process of the 12 tribes, and you said, well, Pastor Steve, it does say tribes. Yes, it does. But if you took the, the 12 tribes who are all, what, what nationality? Jews. For, they represent Israel. You took the 12 apostles. Who were they? Jews. So that would be 24 Jews. This says every nation, every tribe of every nation. It's saying every people. What group in the Bible represents that? Well, it's not the Gentiles because the Gentiles, then they would exclude the Jews. Or the church. Am I stepping out of bounds into that? This is what the redeemed, the, the, we'll get to that. The people group of the elders are from every tribe, every group, every people, every nation. That's not excluding Israel. You follow me? Can, can Jewish people be Christians? Everybody can be a Christian. Amen? Okay. I want you to, I'm going to make a statement. It's not my statement. It's John MacArthur's statement. And some of you are going, what? John MacArthur? He doesn't like Pentecostal people. I don't know that he doesn't like us. He just doesn't believe in us. <laughs> he doesn't believe in the gifts. He, he's a cessationalist, which believes that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended with the apostles. There's no scripture for that, by the way. <laughs> just a fun little fact. But there's some things I do agree with John MacArthur on. Quite a few things. There's just that section I really don't agree with him on. Um, but he makes this statement. If you want to make sure the church goes through the tribulation, you have to do something with the 24 elders so that they can't be the church. Did you hear me? If you want to make sure the church 
goes through the tribulation, you have to do something with the 24 elders so that they can't be the church. And I agree with him. Because I, we just looked at a bunch of people who they cannot be. And it leaves one group of people. Now I want you to look at the distinguishing characteristics of the 24 elders. You're going, Pastor Steve, we are spending a lot of time on the 24 elders. It's really important that we understand who they are. How many, how many think, if you know who for sure one group of people are, and they're defined by clothing articles and a bunch of other things we're going to look at, you can discern and, and be able to say, okay, well, then these people can't be them because we've just seen a large group of who they can't be scripturally, right? And then if you have a bunch of characteristics that you see through the Bible, I'm building a case here. <laughs> and I'm not just trying to build a case. I want us to see biblically who these folks are and what their responsibilities are and what Jesus says they are. Amen? So let's look at some distinguishing characteristics. And by the way, I will have my notes if you guys want copies of them or you want to ask questions. I'm good with that. Um, I don't know all there is to know about the book of Revelation by far. I'm still learning, and I encourage you to study it is amazing. I love this book. Let's look at some distinguishing characteristics of the 24 elders. As we were reading last week, the last thing that was said to the group of overcomers, to the church in chapter 3, in Revelation 3.21, he said, He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now, there's just a fun little fact that in chapter 4, speaking of the 24 elders, it said, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed. All right, we'll just stop there. What did Jesus promise the overcoming church? To sit on thrones. Is that not there? Okay. So a distinguishing characteristic of the 24 elders is that they're seated on thrones. Now, they're not seated on, there's the throne and there's 24 thrones. King James will say 24 seats. The Greek word is thrones. They're not the same throne. They're 24 separate. So you have, the picture is this way. You're sitting on a crystal sea. We may get to look at that today. I don't know. There's center. All center of everything is the throne. The one who is holy. The, the flashes of lightning, the thunder that are popping out of the throne. The colors. The emerald halo. Not this. That's around the thrones. Twenty-four thrones seated around the centerpiece. Pretty cool stuff. These, these folks, these, these 24 elders, they're wearing some clothing. Thank you, Jesus. What are they wearing? They're not wearing white robes. They're wearing the Greek word hymation or raiment. Where do we see that at in the scripture? 
specifically, we see that in Jesus' letters to the church. Okay? Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. You know, I'm going to read four. Sorry, Beth. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5. He who what? Overcomes. Shall thus be clothed in white garments. And that word is hymation. The King James is raiment. There's a difference between the raiment, garments, and robes. Two specifically different Greek words. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit is exact. So that same word is the same clothing that the 24 elders wear. We also see in 318, just so we don't miss it, whole nother church. This was to the Laodiceans. Remember, they had clothed themselves. They wore that black wool they were so proud of. He tells them. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked, I advise you to buy for me gold refined by fire that, that you may become rich and white garments. Raiment again. Hymation, not stole robes. Who's he speaking to? The church. So that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Same clothes. Now, now this is a good one. I like this one a lot. What do we see on the 24 elders' heads? Golden crowns. Does that ring a bell to anybody as we were going through the letters to the churches? It should. Now, I want you to be thinking... What passages of scripture are we looking at to find all these, these elements that we are seeing on the 24 elders? The passages of scripture and revelation that are addressed to the church. So I'm not nitpicking things or cherry picking things. So let's look at where that's found. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He tells the church in Smyrna, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, and that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. That crown is also mentioned in James, which we may get to. So these are two the church, the crown. And once again, the Holy Spirit is super awesome about giving us a very specific Greek word for crown. This isn't diadem. That's not a kingly crown. It's a Stephanos. That's the victor's crown. That's the overcomer's crown, more specifically. And who is he speaking to? To the church that overcomes, I will give you white clothes. I will give you Crowns, very specific crowns, happens to be the same Greek word for the crowns that are on the 24 elders' head so that we can't mess it up. Same crowns, overcomers, the victor's crown. Okay, 
They were the ones that were woven, just like you'd see in the Olympic Games. The wreath, they were gold. That was because you overcame something. You were a winner. You were victorious. Those things also is where we saw that those folks would get a white stone with a name written on it that gave them entrance and access because they had won and overcome. Kind of fun little fact. That is in verse, chapter 2, verse 10. Also, so that we don't miss it, once again, chapter 3, verse 11. To what church? Well, the only church that didn't get a bad grade on their report card. The Philadelphia church. He told them in verse, chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to read 8, 9, 10, 11, just, just for funsies. I know your deeds. Behold, and this is to the Philadelphia church, I have put before you an open door. Well, it's that same term that he uses to in chapter 4, that I have opened a door that no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. Behold, I'll make them to come and bow down at your feet. Wow, we're sitting on thrones. Hmm. And to know that I have loved you, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world, and test those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming quickly, hold fast to what you have, in order that what? No one takes your crown. What kind of crown, you ask? Stephanos crown. Same crown. Who's he talking to? The Philadelphian church. Not only, you're not, I am sparing you from that day of testing, the trial that's coming upon the whole earth. Make sure no one takes your crown, which tells us your crown could be taken. You get lax with your crown. Not my words the word of God. Now here's, to me, the most convincing. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 5. Are you guys okay? I know I'm not preaching today. I'm just really teaching. Okay. I'll scream if you want. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5. We're going to stay here a little bit. And if you can, stick your finger in Revelation chapter 1. I want to look at first, though, Revelation 5, the song that is sung. Revelation 5, 8 through 10. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang, I'd, in your Bible I'd circle they, they sang a new song. What's this new song, you might ask? You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed, circle us, Now, this is a pretty cool song. It's called the Song of the Redeemed. Who can sing the Song of the Redeemed? 
because, like I said, I'm not the smartest tool, but I can put this together. Oh, the redeemed. So who, what, what, so that we can't mess it up, what are they singing? For you were slain and have redeemed, purchased us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So the Old Testament saints weren't purchased by his blood. Just another funny little thing. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and once again, and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Well, when's that going to happen? I'm glad you asked. Millennial reign. Now, cool little thing here. We're singing the songs of the redeemed. Another cool little thing is the title given to these folks. They are called elders. They are called kings and priests. Now, I bet if we go to the very first chapter, the preface of the whole book, there's some special information given. What do you think? Let's, let's do that. Look at this word, us, by the way. I would highlight that word. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. you first thing i want us to look at who's speaking john to who the seven churches why why is seven important it's the complete church all churches of all time john's speaking to which are in asia grace to you and peace from him who is now remember how we're to to, to break down the whole book of revelation he's he lays down the, the way he says i want you to write down what you have seen, past, what you see, present, and meditata, after these things. The Lord wants us to, to really get this. He identifies over and over and over, even in his title, who was, who is, and who is to come. Don't miss this. There's a past, there's a present, there's a future. He's using this all the time. Revelation is so ridiculous. If you start picking up on, he's trying to tell us things. <laughs> and he's trying to tell it over and over and over so we don't mess it up. So with that in mind, who is and is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, fun little fact. The lampstands, this is for free, the lampstands in chapter 1 while the churches on the earth are where? On the earth. He, he walks amongst the lampstands. And he, he, we'll get to, he says, here's the mystery of the seven stars and the seven lampstands. And then he explains the mystery. The mystery of the seven stars are the angels or the messengers to the seven church. He says that the seven lampstands are the church. So the lampstands are on earth. And then when the 24 elders are not on earth or the church is caught up, the lampstands are then in heaven. That's for free. Okay, back to the elders. <laughs> I'm having fun. 
who was, who is, and is to come, and from the seven spirits who were before his throne. And from who? From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Now listen to this. To him who loved who? Us. Circle us. To him who loved us and washed who? Us from our sins in his own blood and has made who? Us. What? Kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So that's chapter one of Revelation. Jesus is defining who the us is. You seeing this? Some pretty specific information. Yeah, it's cool, huh? Now, when let's read Revelation 1, um, verse uh, 5 and 6. And then we're going to go back and read Revelation 5, 8 through 10. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What, what are they wearing? White raiment. And has made us, what? Kings and priests. To his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. There's three S's. Now let's get to Revelation 5, 8 through 10. Now when he made, when he had taken the scroll, actually let's just get to verse 9 and 10. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by what? Your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Who's the we? The us. Are you guys following me? I wonder who the 24 elders are. There's a two-letter word. It starts with a U. Everybody? Don't be us. Who can't they be? I just listed them out. They have white raiment, not white stole. They have Stephanos crowns in multiple places to the churches. They sing a specific song called the Song of the Redeemed. Who can sing the Song of the Redeemed? They are kings and priests. Who did Jesus say were kings and priests? Us. Who are the 24 elders? What are they singing? When we were singing that song earlier, this, the 24 elders are singing... Open the scroll. Remove the seals. Open the scroll. They're, they're excited about that. I can tell you, we, the church, is not going to be singing that song if they're on the earth. No one else is singing that song except for those who are encircled around the throne. And the 24 represented, just like it did in the Old Testament, a much larger group and it, it represented all of the priests, all of the musicians, all of the workers that were to work in the, around the presence of the Lord. The priests, all of them were, were in the 24. The 24 elders are not just 24 elders. It is the representation of all the priests. 
Who's the New Testament priest? Us. What does it also say? I saw myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands around the throne. Not just angels. There's not that many angels. Us. Come on, you, you should be a lot more excited. Some of, have, have you guys been ever had any question whatsoever, like not completely sure, like, I don't know where I land in there. You should be like, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, not because Pastor Steve said so, because I saw the Bible very clearly lay out who they're not and look at their distinguishing characters. Amen? So when you have question, now you can look through a set of lenses when you're trying to figure out, well, who are these people? What are they wearing? That's what... Stole. Well, it doesn't say that, but in Greek it's stole. Robes, and there's some mistranslations, by the way. Um, King James, I think New King James a couple times... Or one time, I know, for instance, met switches, and it's, I don't think it's intentionally. They just said um, raiment instead of robe. And there's some commentary studies. If you go, they'll stick where it's, where it's raiment or robes, and then you'll go on the search, and they'll have a couple of the other ones in there. It's, and you discover that by looking at the Greek. You can't mess that up. Stole, raiment. Stole is tribulation saints. Raiment is priestly attire. That's white. Who wears that? And just so we're clear, I followed this all the way through from chapter one all the way to the end, every single instance, so that I could be pretty precise and be very confident in what I'm telling you. It's never off. Not once. Not once. There's one more set of clothing, by the way. And it's fine linen. And I believe when that day comes, he's like, I got something special for you now. And that's the marriage supper. Fine linen. And we find in scripture that those were the works that God prepared for us in advance. He was going to clothe us in that righteousness. Three sets of clothing in the book of Revelation. There is crowns promised through scripture, all through scripture. Oh, I'm out of time. Been out of time for seven minutes. Praise the Lord. There's four crowns, and I believe there's way more than these four crowns, but we see four crowns in James chapter 1, Revelation 2, and I don't have time to go through them today. Pretty awesome study, though. Crown of life. Oh, fun little fact, too. Each one of these that are listed, you know what kind of crown it says? Every single time. Stephanos. The same crown that's for the overcomer, the same crown to the church. Then there's the crown of righteousness for those who loved his appearing in 2 Timothy 4.8. Then there's the crown of glory for those who fed the flock. 1 Peter 5.4. Oh, they were also called elders, by the way, in 1 Peter. There's a crown incorruptible for those who press on steadfastly. In 1 Corinthians 9.25, which just happens to be a Stephanos crown. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. This might not be that awe-inspiring to you, but it sure hit me like a ton of bricks last week. I do believe a part of the church will go through the tribulation. But I'll tell you what part won't. The overcoming church. 
Every single time, he says, to those who overcome. He gives all these specific things that are going to happen. I'm going to, oh, make you a pillar in the temple of my God. What's that mean? It's immovable. Those 24 thrones are not moving. But there's going to be some church that goes through the tribulation. I don't believe, I believe that very strongly. It's going to be the non-overcoming. So when you see, well, pastor, you know, the church isn't, the overcoming church hasn't gone through tribulation. I'll promise you that. But I believe very, very strongly just right here. And there's a whole bunch of other reasons that we've already kind of looked at through scripture that God has not poured out. It's destined his wrath for us that until the abomination of desolation is lifted, he's not, that we're, we're not having that happen. But just in, just in this picture here of the 24 elders, we can see that pretty clearly. Don't take my word for it. Get in your word. Get in the Bible. Get in, in relationship with God. He loves you. You are kings and priests unto your God. Kings and priests. And his line is the eternal one. That Melchizedek priesthood, there was no beginning. He just showed up on the scene. It doesn't see where we, he, he, there's no record of him coming on, no record of him leaving. Pretty cool. Amen? I hope this helped you today.